Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is a podcast that I recorded um, on Spotify's Green Room with Emily Davis and Jeremy Brenner, formerly of uh, SB Nation Outsports. Uh, it's obviously a conversation uh, about Carl Nazib and him coming out uh, as gay to be the first um, openly gay pro- uh, active professional athlete, certainly professional uh, NFL player, uh, and his impact on the NFL uh, and, and I guess the, the worldwide community as well. It's a good conversation. So, uh, so thanks for stopping by and, uh, we appreciate it and hope you enjoy it. I just think that, you know, this is such a huge, and we had Michael Sam, right. Who came into the draft. He didn't make a team. Um, but obviously he got drafted by the Rams. Um, with the Rams, um, with, with his, you know, with his boyfriend, which I thought was interesting. Like guy drafted, was on ESPN with his boyfriend during the draft, like during draft night, which I thought was something that a lot of people I don't think were prepared for, which I thought was great. Like that was, it was, you know, it's great to see that representation. And, you know, you've already seen Roger Goodell just came out and, uh, and released a statement uh, short and sweet, right? But NFL family is proud of Carl for courageously sharing his truth today. Representation matters. We share his hope that somebody, someday soon statements like his will no longer be newsworthy as we march towards full equality for the LBG, LBT, LGBTQ uh, plus community. We wish Carl the best luck this coming season. So like that, I mean, like short and sweet, but that's all you need, like a show of support from him. I don't think the Raiders have come out with anything just yet, um, although I don't know the way they bungled the, the last thing that they wanted I mean, to do. They, oh, you know what? his uh like instagram post essentially and just said we support you carl with a heart oh um, and they and they wrote like, this whole through than roger goodell but they have said something yeah. yeah yeah got it right so they retweeted his like yeah his thing i mean hey you know look i i think that it's it's positive that people are supporting him which is great but to me that's uh thanks sam appreciate it man um you know What's up, Dan and Travis? How's it going? You know, I, I think too, like the big thing, and that's what they said, like, just like they said, you hope that eventually it's no big deal, right? That like, oh yeah, like, okay, whatever, you know, but like, we're not at that level yet, obviously. <laughs> we're still getting to the point where it's like, hey, it's okay, right? But we had Rich Orn- Ornberger, who who I had on my podcast um, back in the day, who I just thought, it was so fascinating, like, such an interesting story about him, not Richard Burger, that's wrong. Um, Ryan O'Callaghan, um, who came out as gay afterwards. And the story behind him is, is, is amazing and how he, you know, almost killed himself um, as a kid. And, you know, just thought like, basically thought like, I'm going to play football until I can't. And then when I can't play football anymore, I'm just going to kill myself because no one will ever accept the fact that I'm gay. And like, you know, and like he literally was his as his career was winding down the NFL, he was like, all right, he like he like bought a cabin, bought a gun, like whole like the whole nine, dude. And then um, because of of like a knee injury, got addicted to painkillers. And somebody in the training room in Kansas City noticed it and sent him to sent him to like um, to a therapist for the addiction. And during that time, she was like, she like talked to him and everything, and was like, you know, like why don't you? Why don't you just like, okay, you're going to kill yourself, but like, why don't you like just come out to your family? Like, cause what, what does it matter? Like, even if they don't accept you, you're going to kill yourself anyway. So what difference does it make, you know? 
and and he did and they like i mean they didn't like accept him but they like were they were like supportive of him way more supportive than they thought and like and so he kind of started rethinking obviously his his thought process and stuff and it turned out that he had a lot more support than he than he thought that he would ever have and and the story is just so amazing because the family that he comes from he just thought it wasn't okay that it was that it was awful and that he was wrong and bad for feeling that way. And it's like to, I I can't like, I can't even imagine the struggle that someone would go through their whole life. Just thinking that like they're worthless, that the way they feel makes them worthless. And and like, you know, just feeling that every day, like I just, it's like, it's so sad. And so like to see stuff like this and I know O'Callaghan obviously was out of the NFL when, when he came out, but, to see stories like him and now Colin Nassau, who, who who's a you know a current player, to for him to come out and for him to get support from the fans and from the media and from the league and from his team and his teammates, like it's just it's a great thing to see, and, and you hope that you know it inspires kids moving forward, you know. Because there have been other players already, like not Raiders players, who've like just said, you know, we support you, whatever. Knowing that that's not something that other players on other teams are going to tolerate if someone tries to like trash talk him. That's a big deal. 100%. And, and, and the big thing for me is that, you know, it's, it's not so much him and it is, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like him being, him being able to live his truth is, is fantastic. Like it's just, it's something that it's something that is just so simple, right. That we take for granted, like me as, as a white man, I take that for granted. I can just be who I want to be and I don't have to worry about it, you know? And there's so many people in the country that can't and in the world that just, that can't be who they are. And, you know, and, and so just to see people, you know, for people to see him being able to be honest and open and free about it and, and get the support that he's getting. And listen, we know, we already know, it's not all going to be about support. We know that, People are going to come out and say terrible things and awful things about him and to him. And, you know, but the, the, if the overwhelming response of this is support, which it seems like it has been so far, that reaches way beyond him. And that reaches way beyond the NFL to, you know, kids who watch it and, you know, even adults who have watched it and have been hiding that and have felt like scared that they can't live their truth. And now, you know, this could inspire them to say, you know what, like, I can't, like, it's going to be okay. Like, I will have people that will support me. And, you know, and, and, and we'll, I, I just, it's just awesome. And he said he's donating $100,000 to, I can't, I, the, I don't, the Trevor Foundation, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, suicide prevention for, mm-hmm. uh, I, I just, you know, it, it's just, it's so amazing. And, and I just, it's a great day. It, it's, if you're an NFL fan, it should be a great and, and proud day for you to be an NFL fan because to me, that's this is exactly the type of thing, you know that that we want to see from our players and from our league. Yeah, I think um, I think there's it's it it's definitely it's an important day. It's exciting to know that um to start to see the positivity that's rolling in to know that this is something that is welcomed. People are ready for 
um, and are, are, you know, are have, have open arms about, um, because obviously the only reason why all these, we know there have been plenty of NFL players throughout the league's history who uh, were gay, who never felt like they could say so. Um, you know, I've already seen a handful of tweets of people like putting up an asterisk and saying like, he's just the first one who's publicly disclosed his sexual orientation. By no means is he the first player, gay player in the NFL. He's just the first one everyone now knows about. And publicly disclosing is no small, it's nothing to sneeze at, is no small feat. It's something very brave to do. And so I'm not trying to minimize that at all. But to, to just to say that, like, it took us to now that publicly disclosing was something that an athlete finally felt like they were in a place that they felt safe and supported and comfortable enough to do um, is a very big deal. And so it's, I think it's on a lot of, you know, fans of any team, like I'm, I'm not a Raiders fan, but um, it's a, it's a, upon, it's everyone's responsibility now, especially um, as if it weren't before, it was before, but it definitely is now. Um, that if you're at a game and you're playing there and your team's playing the Raiders and you hear some really homophobic shit coming out of somebody's mouth that you say, that's not what this, that's not what this league is. That's not what this team stands for. That's not what this fan base stands for. It, it was the truth before, but it is most certainly the truth. Now it's not something that has anything to do with how he performs on the field. Um, in fact, having something in your head that's weighing down, your mental state will probably, and not having that weight anymore, will probably only make you better at what you do. So who knows? We might see like his best season yet, just because he's finally able to like play without that weight on, you know, that metaphorical weight on his shoulders. Um, but I'm very excited. I'm very proud of him. I'm totally a hundred percent in support. Um, and, and, you know, of him and, in addition to the Trevor Project, if there's an organization anyone is interested in learning about, it is Athlete Ally, which was actually started by a University of Maryland wrestler um, whose name right now is escaping my brain. I think his first name is Hunter, um, who used to wear a human's right, human rights campaign equal sign sticker on his um, headgear. And um, it's just completely focused on LGBTQ inclusivity in sports. Um, so if you haven't heard of it before, I, I greatly encourage you to check it out. Um, and, and just like, um, Carl supported the Trevor project. If you feel so inclined to do that for them as well, cause they do really important work to make sure that, um, he is far from the last. Yeah. Uh, Hudson Taylor. I just hey, looked at, I just, yeah, Googled I knew it. it started with an H. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I mean, but this is the type of stuff that we need. Like I said, I mean, you know, we always talk about representation and, and Goodell said it in his statement, but you know, we talk about representation and about seeing that, you know, in someone else, right? And and seeing that in a sport, especially a sport like football. And, and you know, and it goes for basketball too, and it goes for, you know, really any sport. But, like, basketball and football, and I guess hockey too, are, like, some of the main ones where it's like, you know, I'm, like, this big macho manly man. Like, I'm, you know, that's who I am and, like, yeah. this and that. And, like, you know, it's – and it's it's a very – homophobic culture it's a very like you know just outwardly and and, it, and the thing is too is that it's all trash talking so there's no like 
you can never show weakness in ever. And so like, that's considered like, you know what I mean? That's considered weaknesses stuff people say to each other and, and stuff. And so it's like, you know, to see someone at a level that he's at, to be able to come out and say that, you know, I am gay and that's who I am is, is unbelievable for, for someone that can, that can look up to it and say, you know what? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, I play football, but so what? Like, it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like that doesn't make a difference. And so like, as dumb as that sounds, because it sounds pretty dumb that like, you know, that you can't be gay because you play football. <laughs> like, it's just like, it sounds stupid to even say something like that out loud. But like, that's just, that was like the stereotype, you know what I mean? For so long. And, yeah. you know, and to be able to hopefully break those stereotypes and break those walls down and, and be able to have open dialogue and open conversations. I mean, to me is just, is huge. And I, and I'm, you know, I'm over the moon about it, like I said, and, and you know, it's just been good for him to be able to come out. And honestly, I think it, what it shows to me is, is, is how far we've come now as a society that, we are now here when the first openly gay man has play, is playing in the NFL. And I just think that that's great because it means that he knows that he's going to have support of people around him, that he knows it's not that's taboo anymore, that it's not that it's accepted and that we are overall in general, a more accepting group of people. And I think that that's, that that's great news for, for, humanity if we're being honest you know what i mean just like and, and i think that that's good and, and i think you will see because you're totally right like there's certainly been gay people that have played in the nfl i'm sure there have been gay people that played in the nba and the nhl and the mlb and every sports you can imagine like it just that's just the way it is of course there that's probably happened before because like if you look around i mean i work at a high school if you look around the high school like you know, we have a decent amount of gay people at high school because, like, they're just part of the population. That's just, like, what happens. You know, like, it's just, yeah, of course there are. Like, you know what I mean? So it's, like, to think that there weren't any before him would be would be crazy, you know? And so um, I, I just think for him to be able to, to live, and like I said, man, to not have to think about, you know, people can't, you can't appreciate it, and I can't appreciate it, but, like, to think about, like, He's just able to just be himself now. He doesn't have to hide. He doesn't have to pretend he's something he's not. He can just be himself. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's such a small thing to just be like, hey, just be you. It's okay. It's so small. So huge. Yeah. But, I mean, like, but think about that. Like, it's just like, Mm -hmm. hey, it's okay to be you. And you're like, oh, wow. All right. Thanks. Like, that's a huge step. But, like, it just seems like it just should be so natural. Like, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Everyone should be able to be who they are, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, um, and I'm just happy that we're in the situation where, where someone like him can, can be that, you know? Yeah. One of the tweets that I saw already this afternoon basically was saying, you know, there's some kid at a high school or a middle school anywhere in this country who's been thinking this whole time that the thing that they like to do and who they are is at odds with each other. And they've been grappling with that most likely by themselves. And to know that there's someone who has figured out how to make it work and is accepted for it is honestly life-changing and life-affirming to that kid. And that's a huge deal, like humongous, um, and made me really happy to read. Um, But 
I think overall, you know, the actually my point about that there were there there definitely have been NFL players that have been gay, but just not publicly out. It was ironically in a clubhouse room once that I was in, where there were a handful of um, former players, and they kind of were saying like, "Yeah, we knew they were, but we didn't care. They did their job. I did my job. That's why we were there." And I, like, who they wanted to date or be in a relationship with had nothing to do with what we did when we were on the field. As long as we all protected each other and we had to and did our job, what more does it matter? And obviously that is so transferable to like any industry, any walk of life, anything that you work on ever. Um, but to hear 100%, you know, what's what I think is so interesting. I don't mean to cut you off, Emily, you can keep going if you had, if you want to keep going. Oh, I was just going to say like that. I mean, to hear, you know, that affirmation anyway is obviously welcome, but to have to only hear it from the players who were obviously giving that support, which is important, um, still made me sad. So I'm I'm very excited that today, that we are at today. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting. I mean, you, you know, the, the clubhouse or the the locker room is, is interesting because to me, and O'Callaghan's talked about this, how, like, there was no – real homophobia in the locker room that he heard but there was an assumption right it was like you everyone was straight so they talked about women and they talked about having sex and they talked about how you know beautiful girls and beautiful this and oh yeah when i got laid and both and all this whole thing and it was like and it was you know more of a of a conversation it wasn't necessarily like you know it wasn't intentionally excluding him, but without them knowing it was excluding him because they didn't, they just didn't know he was gay. Like it was not like they weren't doing it intentionally, you know what I mean? But, but it's interesting because that's stuff that you don't think about that. You're like, you know, yeah. Like if I'm in a group of guys and I just assume everyone's straight, like we'll talk about women, like, like we're all straight, you know what I mean? And, and, and what that doesn't really matter, but like they could feel left out they could feel like eventually after a certain amount of time, it's like, Oh, well, you know, I should probably share something too. I'm single. Everyone knows I'm single. Like, Oh yeah. You know, whatever. Like, I don't really, you know, whatever. Like a lot of times, you, you know, everyone has that guy that is like, Oh, stop it. You can't just, you know, yeah, yeah. You can say whatever you want, but you can't just say nothing. Like there's something happened. You know what I mean? Like, and, and the, the, someone that will press and press and press until you say something. And it's like, that can be a very uncomfortable situation. And again, something that, I never even considered it. I'm like, and he, when he was like, oh, it wasn't homophobic. I'm like, that's great. And he's like, well, yeah, but all this other stuff. And I was like, oh my God, like I never even, never even would have crossed my mind that he felt left out because of that conversation. And so it's just kind of funny to, to, to look at it. And, um, you know, and Rosine, you're right. I mean, the courage for him, you know, and again, I think, and we keep saying it, like, I feel like we keep saying the same thing, but it's just over and over, like, it's awesome for him and the courage for him is great. But, but what this, the legacy is going to leave is for everyone else is for everyone else that feels this way. And, and, you know, now can kind of breathe that sigh of relief. Like it's okay. Like it's okay for me to feel this way and like sports, like it's all right, you know? And, and I just think that that's, I think that's great. You know, if they didn't already feel that way that they do, you know, and, and not only that, but also to know that there is support out there because, a lot of people live in homes where they're not going to get that support and where, you know, they can't come out because their parents will kick them out of the house or they can't come out because their parents feel a certain way or whatever. And then, you know, or, or the, the community around them feels a certain way. And to know that P 
people that you don't even know that, you know, that are halfway across the world or whatever, you know, would be there to support you, I think is, is huge. Um, and that I think is, you know, is something extra on top of it, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so just be reminded that you have a community if you feel like you're alienated or by yourself is like the most important thing anyone could ever hope for. Um, and to know that if you had to leave a place that has felt safe and that there would be people who were there to, to find and help you in that, in that situation. Um, so for him to pair his message with talking about the Trevor project, I think um, really hit that home um, because it is such an important point. And um you know, we'll can only go forward from here to see what the, the discourse on the internet and in stadiums and whatnot sounds like. And, um, we can obviously only hope it's, it's more positive than, than negative, um, kind of language and discourse and whatnot. But, uh, again, I just, I'm very, uh, proud of the, the courage and the confidence that he put on display today and, um, look forward to cheering him on if, even though I won't necessarily be rooting for the rest of the team, I will definitely be cheering him on um, to have, you know, a record-breaking season on top of a history-making uh, moment. For sure. And, and like you said, I mean, just mentally for him to be able to kind of shed that weight, you know, to just kind of be himself and not have to worry about it, you know? And, like, you almost have this huge secret that is just, like, hanging over your head and – you know, and then to be able to, to kind of let that go is just this amazing moment, you know. And uh, and I you know I keep bringing it back to O'Callaghan, but, like, the the interview I did with him was so fascinating. But he was talking about – so he, he got drafted by the Patriots. And so that he was on my podcast because it's a Patriots podcast. And, and we were talking about it and this and that. And he was saying, you know, him and Scott Pioli, who used to work for the Patriots, became very close. He went to um, Kansas City where Scott Pioli was as well which is where he eventually ended up coming out after he retired and everything else. And he said, you know, him and Scott were very close. And he like, he called Pioli and he's like, Hey, can I meet you in the office? Like I have, I have something I have to talk to you about. And he was like, very, very serious, like very somber, very like whatever. And, and, uh, Pioli was like, yeah, sure. Like, okay. Yeah. We'll meet you tomorrow. And, and, um, and he like sat down and he's like, Scott, like I'm gay. And Pioli was like, okay he's like was there something else you want to talk about and he's like no that that's it that's and he's like oh all right yeah okay great like you know good you know and he's just like all right cool like and it and he just said like the weight off of his shoulders after he after he told him and like his reaction about like yeah okay cool like but like not it not being such a big deal was like life-changing for him because he just realized that like he's been carrying all this weight his whole life and like he didn't need to it was unnecessary for him to even do all that because because of the people that 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 were around him and that would support him and that like it wasn't bad that he wasn't that there was nothing wrong with him that you know like and so you know a lot of times those things can just build up and build up and build up inside of someone and then to have the re you know to just just to have that response to them it can be, can change their life, you know? And I think that that's, that's something that hopefully, um, you know, like I said, it's going to happen here. And, and, you know, and again, I, I just think it's, I think it's a great day for the NFL. I think it's a great day for fans of the NFL. Obviously it's a great day for the, uh, 
for the community, for the uh, LGBTQ plus community, obviously. Um, and it's just, you know, I, I'm, I'm very happy about it. And, and like you said, I think proud of Carl as well. Sam, thanks for coming up, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I typed a big old message in the chat and found out that my app was lagging and it just went into the nether. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was peeved. I lost my paragraph. Sure. Um, but a great conversation. Um, I just wanted to kind of pitch something that I was thinking about as I was listening and then hop back down in the chat perhaps because I'm trying to finish up my work day. Um, but one thing that I was thinking about was how I wonder um, how much of uh, doing Carl Nassib, Nassib, um, I'm guessing it's yeah, Nassib. Right. Nassib, yeah. Nassib. Um, with his announcement today, I wonder how much of the general reception um, is impacted by the league, the NFL, having at least publicly um, kind of declared itself in the wrong and having ruined Colin Kaepernick's career, right? And like the whole factor of the league itself saying with some definitiveness that, um, you know, in terms of players and fans and staff who are under supported or over policed or um, otherwise like not often supported by the league in ways that others are uh, does, does the league's admit admittance that it was, you know, in the wrong to collude and, and kind of, uh, kind of box out Kaepernick from the league. Does an event like that really shave a lot of space for other folks to sort of, um, you know, be more public with things like this and have the space to be, um, role models in ways that are different from, you know, the championed Tom Brady, Joe Montana, NFL, NFL approved role models as there have been in the past. I mean, I think it, the, the way this plays out would be different if Carl Nassib weren't a middle American, all American looking white boy, to be quite yeah, frank. Great point. Um, but um, we obviously saw the, and the conversation still swirl around. Like um, Pat brought up Michael same at the very beginning. Um, the conversations all kind of swirl around about like how um, successful Michael Sam would have been in the league anyhow. Um, but he was never someone who like his sexuality is what quote unquote rocked the boat. Um, but I think the league has learned its lesson by realizing that it can't control who people are and how they operate outside of like, obviously if it's not harming anyone else, but um, if it's harming someone, then by all means, you know, be, be a responsible body, but you can't prevent people from um, being like being active and vocal members of the communities that they represent. Um, and it had to learn the hard way. But I don't think, like, their, their support and uh, of, of this doesn't absolve them of what's happened previously. And, you know, to be quite frank, I'm still going to be watching how they react and potentially market this for their own benefit with a um, discerning eye. But 
this is, I, I like, it's a, it's a, it's an important day for the NFL because of what has needed to happen in terms of conversations around sexuality, masculinity, and football. Um, so it's a, it's a big deal for the NFL in that regard. It's a big deal for the sport of football in that regard. It's a big deal in American sport and international sport because of that aspect of it all. Um, because obviously like we just learned Mexican fans, um, aren't going to be allowed to be at their, their nation, their, their country's world cup qualifying matches because of, because of homophobic slurs that they've been chanting at games. So this is still a worldwide problem. Um, but I, but obviously the NFL is like such a huge brand, not just in the U S but in across the globe that, um, the way this is accepted, the way that fans react the way that the larger football community reacts around the country will reverberate, um, I think, globally. Yeah, I think that's a really good point about how the league, um, in what way are they going to kind of take the position of posturing around this and kind of, you know, by what Twitter or Twitter things do they do um, that aren't backed up by kind of real change? Um, yeah, great points there. Well, I think too the you know the other point here, and and, and Razine says it in the chat, right? Are people going to boycott the NFL over this? And I, I think, I think with the interesting thing, it's interesting with the Kaepernick parallel that you bring up because the Kaepernick parallel, obviously, Trump was the president. He was screaming about how you know they were disrespecting the flag and they were disrespecting the troops and you know they're they're uh, you know bad people and they're assholes and all this other stuff. Like, I mean, that's like. Those types of things, right, where, you know, the NFL didn't necessarily punish people for taking a knee, but they also didn't stand behind them either, right? And, and, and you know, I think Emily said, well, that, you know, they've learned their lesson. Like, they can't – you can't kind of play the fence on that on that type of thing. Either you support them or you don't. You know, like, you can't say you support them but then not really support them. You can't say, oh, yeah, you know, we'll kind of support them but then also, like – you know, black ball Kaepernick out of the league. And, and, you know, and I think, I think the thing that happens with and Kaepernick's an interesting situation. I don't necessarily want to necessarily dive into that whole thing. Cause I think that part of it was that he wasn't necessarily an NFL starter anymore. And no one was willing to take a chance on him as a backup, which is, which is bogus. But, but I think that that was part of the reason why had he been Tom Brady level, he would still be in the NFL is my opinion. Now, does that make what they did right? 100% not. If they hadn't blackballed him, he probably would still be in the NFL today. Now, he'd be a backup, but he'd probably still be there, you know? And so, like, it's one of – I mean, RG3 still in the league. Like, he'd still be in the league. He may not be a starter anymore, but he'd still be there. And so I think that that's kind of the situation where you look at it and say, like, if the NFL had just stood behind him and said, like, look, there are players that can do whatever the hell they want. Like, shut up. We don't care what you have to say. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't affect it, Right. And so if people come out and say, well, you know, it's not okay that he's gay, like we're not going to support the Raiders anymore. The Raiders response should be like, well, we're sorry to hear that, but go pound sand because there's a player and we're going to support him no matter what. And he can do what he wants. Like his, his, his life is none of our business. And if he wants to be that way, we support him fully and he can do that. And like, you know, that's the stance they need to have. They don't need to come out with, you know, gay pride nights and pride month and pride. They don't have to do that. The NFL doesn't have to do that. Now it would be nice if they did, but they don't have to. They just have to stand behind him and say, this is who he is. We support his truth. We support who he is. And we don't care what you have to say about it. That's what they have to do. 
right? And so they didn't do that with Kaepernick. And, and you know, it was obvious. They've since done that with the players to allow them to kind of do their own thing a little bit, which is nice. They need to do that with him because there is going to be pushback. There are going to be, be people that hide behind their religion and say, well, you know, I don't believe that it's okay for him to do this. And I don't, there are going to be people that do that. And the NFL and the NFL and the Raiders are going to have to say, no, like we don't care. We support him. We're sorry that you feel that way, but like that's, you can feel that way if you want to, but we're going to support him no matter what you say. And then those people then have to make a decision about whether they want to support the team or not. And if they don't, well, then sorry, see you later. Like that's just the way it has to be. And so again, they don't have to like, doesn't have to be over the top because I do feel like I don't want them to use him for money making either. Right. But at the same time, I would like to see them just stand firm on what they said today. We support him. We feel like representation matters and that everyone should be able to live their truth. And that's it. And if you don't like that, well, I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. You know, and I think that that's, that's what needs to happen. And as long as they do that, I'll be okay with it. Anything short of that is not good enough. It's just, it's not good enough, period. I mean, I personally would love to see them match his $100,000 donation to the Trevor Project and that be like how they set the tone day one. Uh, so I will be waiting for that announcement. Uh, you can find me right here for how I feel about what, if that happens or not. But that's, I mean, that would have been the great way to be able to like, you know, talk with your feet or your dollars in a way. But yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's that that is. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it, it's one thing to to stay there and say, oh yeah, you know, like cool. It is another thing entirely to to come out and fully support him. And I think that. That hopefully that's, you know, that that's that's where it's going. And again, like I said, as long as they show unwavering support, as long as it's not, you know, oh, like, yeah, he does his own thing. Like, no, no, it's we support him. Right. The first, you know, the first thing was was fine. It was fine. Yeah, we support you know, representation matters and we support him and we're happy. I think they said, what is it? Uh, courageously sharing his truth today, like. That, I, I think that that's like, that was good. That's good. I mean, that's, that's, it's well phrased. It's well written. Now it's written by a PR person, like whatever. But if they, if they truly believe that they hope that someday soon statements like that will no longer be newsworthy, then they will, you know, they will understand that you have to throw support behind him. Not just say, oh yeah, he can do that. That's cool. You have to throw support behind him. You have to do something like you mentioned, Emily matching that $100,000 donation, like doing things like that, I think is important because it shows other people, just like we talked about with him, it shows other people that are watching and are listening that they, not only do they care about it, not only are they okay with it, but they really are, you know, they really are accepting and supportive. And I think that that's huge. Hey, Jeremy, thanks for coming up, buddy. Appreciate it. I was waiting for this room to be formed. How are you, Pat? Good. I'm doing well, thank you. You were the first person I wanted to to chat. No, I love I was, you, Pat. Jeremy was the was, first person to talk to. <laughs> I was going to make my own room for it, but it's glad to see that it, someone else took the initiative and did it themselves. And, and that's good to see. For sure. But for yeah, sure. no. Uh, honestly, it's you know, it it feels it felt really good. It, it feels really good. It feels right. Um, as someone who's written for Outsports.com, which covers LGBT issues in sports, um. 
which is part of the reason why this uh, this took place today. It's it's really fulfilling, and it, it feels like, um, you know, I might not have necessarily you know been part of this, but to know that I don't know, like I feel I feel more seen, if 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 that's a way to say it. Um, it it's it's just it's a good feeling. It's it's just you know you feel happy for him because uh because for for Carl Massive who uh you know I guess I think he he cared more about being the the numbers guy on on uh, Hard Knocks but I don't think that's what he's gonna really be remembered for anymore unfortunately but uh, to be honest though is he did it when he was ready and he was ready today and you know good for him and I, I'm I'm really. I hope that because it's going to do so much for other people. That's that's the thing. And, you know, what we do in life, whether it's, you know, you, you want to pay it forward for the next generation. And um, we want to have we want to build up the courage and we want to build up the ability to be able to make life easier for people that come after us. And I think that's what happened today. And, um, you know, it's not just. Because this is going to trip. Because the NFL is on, on such a high platform, it's a, it, you know, it trickles down to to all the other sports leagues, you know, to sports media, to all of things like that. And it's just, you know, it's good to see the visibility. Because, and I'm mostly happy for um, the 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 kids that you know are going to look at this and you know feel good, feel the pride that that they should feel. Um, so that is where my pride stems from when, when I heard this news and when I was able to uh, kind of piece together what happened, you know, it's funny because um, one of my main mentors is, is Jim Bazinski who, co- who founded Outsports uh, back in 1999. And, you know, it, it's amazing to think, you know, where we were, you know, in 1999 compared to now. And I think it's just ironic how, uh, cause Jim went to Penn state and so did Carl Massive. And I just found that to be kind of ironic. And I texted him and he hasn't responded back. He's been really busy. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, it, it just, it feels good, you know, good energy all around. Uh, and I'm happy that I can, you know, be on stage and, and share my thoughts on, on it as well. I think, uh, you know, this is going to change lives. And it's, it's weird that, that, you know, that it's, that it's going to, but I feel like, in a way like people won't really know until like the people who don't recognize it, that's who's going to, that's whose lives are going to change by this. Jeremy, I love that last point. And it's so great to have you here to join the room um, about how like perhaps the most visible um, like follow, follow through fallout next, you know, next effect of this is perhaps going to be how other famous people, um, kind of share support or perhaps if, you know, what, however they respond um, with their platforms, but really like perhaps the most impactful um, that maybe doesn't get the, the kind of the shout out that the famous people will, will shout is all of the individuals who are looking up to this kind of ordeal as um, empowering, as validating and as, um, inspiring or at least um a big big version of all those words if not a little version of all those words yeah and another thing to add on is um you know this 
honestly, like, this is a big deal today. But honestly, I feel like tomorrow we're just going to kind of move on. And it's going to be kind of a footnote. Um, but that's how it sh- that And that's how it should be. But also, like, you want to acknowledge the people that came before Carl Nassa because without them, we would never have had um, this would never have happened. Um, and, you know, you go back to, you know, Dave Cope, uh, you go back to Glenn Burke, you go back to uh, Jason Collins, Billy Bean, like all of those people have uh, an impact, have a touch on on this today. And, you know, because we pushed forward every every person that is, you know, visible is kind of pushed forward into where we are right now. And those people are not going to get the praise. Like Michael Sam could easily be in the NFL right now. He's not. Um, And I think in a way he walked so that Carl Nassib and the people after him could run. And that I think needs to be also recognized um, because his impact, even though it, you know, he didn't have a successful career or anything. And Carl Nassib, you know, He's in his he's in his mid to late twenties. There's, I mean, he is on the Raiders, but there's no guarantee he's going to make it out of training. He might never play it down in the NFL again. You know, one injury could end his career, and he's nearly thirty. And then people decide to go with younger defensive linemen. That, like, that's totally fine. Um, but what it what this has done is it has um, it's offered hope for the people that will come after him. And you never know who you never know who's listening right that's kind of what i say in in my rooms that are lgbt themed you never know who's listening and you never know who is going to be impacted by the words that come out of your mouth and that is why this is important because it's it's just because that's the thing is carl nassib is probably that kid that or probably was that or that nfl player scared to come out because michael sam did or, you know, he was, he's probably the guy who saw Jason Collins come out and thought, okay, maybe I can come out someday. So that is why this is, that's another reason why this is, you know, as, as important as it is. Yeah. I mean, today's important in the day that the next, the first time there's an NFL player who's been out for most of their life and can say, well, you know, I was on my high school football team and I came out to my teammates and then I played in college and now I'm in the NFL. And, um, you know, that I saw Carl Nassib and that's how I knew that I could play, like have a football career and do this is because of him. So today is that big day. Today is the big day. And then the next one is the, you know, the player who comes and says, well, I'm here because of him. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's, you know, the Michael Sam thing is interesting. And we, we touched on it a little bit before you came, Jeremy, but I really think it's, it's gross, but to think about, I think, one of the reasons, one of the things that, so people, I thought the idea of him being gay, people were like, oh, yeah, okay, like, sure, that's fine. And then he gets drafted and he kissed his boyfriend on TV. And the uproar from that was just like, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to parade it in our face that he's gay. I mean, we know he's gay. And it's like, what? Like, what are you talking about? He just got drafted in the NFL. He's happy. Of course. Like, they all kiss their boyfriend or girlfriend when they get – like, that's what happens. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's just and, – and, you know, the fact that people had to witness it was like they were appalled that they had to, like, witness. And it was just like – so you weren't actually okay with it. You were just, like, pretending that you were okay with it. But now that you saw it, you're not okay with it. And it's just like – 
sometimes people are just so not genuine about it. And like, and that's the type of stuff that it's like, yeah, okay. The NFL can say what they want, but like, let's, let's wait for them to do something about it and not just use words to, to express how they feel about it. Yeah. Another thing too, is I think that we were also, you know, 2014 is a very different time than 2021. We've made so much progress even in that time as well. But another thing to also add to the, to the perspective and, you know, we'll never fully know like exactly like what could have happened. But I personally believe that if Michael Sam were white, then things might've been a little bit different for him. I think that's also because it's a, it's a part of privilege, right? I think, you know, people tend to look at, you know, a white person and if a white person does something, they're okay with it. But if a black person does it or a person of color does it of any non-white race, then it's, you know, frowned upon. And, you know, that's something that I also think with Carl Nassib. Carl Nassib was a white, cisgender, gay man. Uh, at least oh. that's, you know, that we know that today. And I do think that's why you're starting to see the response to it is is generally positive. And it is during Pride Month. So there is a little bit more attention on the matter. But also, like, this happened on the middle of a Monday. Like, the thing is, we've been kind of waiting, like, at least for me with Outsports, like, I've been waiting for this day to come. But you know, I, I didn't wake up today thinking, oh, yeah, today's the day someone's going to come out. And it, like, I, we know, ne- like, it just, it just happened. It was in the middle of a Monday. And, you know, there you go. And to me, I think that I, I hope that what Carl Nassib does is he uses his platform for good. And I think he already has with, you know, his very generous donation to the Trevor Project, which, you know, is the leading LGBT suicide prevention uh, uh, organization. And so I think he's going to use this platform for good. And um, I, I hope that he does. And it doesn't seem like, you know, he's doing this for attention or anything like that. You know, he's doing this, you know, kind of on Instagram. And, you know, that's and the thing is also with Michael Sam is people kind of gave him flack because people thought he was doing it more for publicity purposes and things like that. And same with Colton, uh, Colton Underwood, who like, you know, immediately after you know, he came out, he was looking at TV deals or something like that. Like, I don't think Carl Nassib is going to be really looking for that. Um, but it's just things to think about as well. You know, um, we need to recognize our privileges if we have them. And we need to, because that also is is a big part of the conversation. And it's something that we can do better in order to make this a more safe place, not just for, you know, not just for my people, not just for yours, but for everybody. That's how we achieve full equality in our country, whether it's racial, whether it's based on sexuality, whether it's, you know, based on, you know, class, like class living, like every, that's how we get to full equality, in my opinion. We we recognize the privileges that we have, and we do what we can in our power to empower others. And I think that's what Carl Nassib's doing. That's what I strive to do every day. And that's what I hope that the next person who comes after Carl Nassib will have the strength to be. No, it's very well, very well put. I mean, I just think, I think it's a, you know, and I keep saying it, but it's a great day for, for NFL fans and, you know, for the NFL, I think, because it's just like, and, you know, we talked about it before and Emily mentioned it, like, He's not the first. He's not the first. But he is the first openly gay athlete in the NFL, current athlete in the NFL. But he's certainly not the first gay athlete to play in the NFL. But, like, 
but the fact that, you know, he can have support, hopefully. Uh, and, you know, and that he's, and look, I, I, what's funny about it is that like, oh, he's doing it for publicity or it's doing, it's like, it doesn't, and you're right, Jeremy, but it's just funny to even say like, you know, he, like if that's who he is and that's who he is, like, it's not, you know, like it doesn't matter. Like he's not doing it for publicity. He's like, oh, everyone's doing something for publicity. Like, even if, even if he did, because like he was trying to stay on the team and he thought that would give him a better chance to stay on the team, like to, to him coming out, which is foolish. But even if, even if he felt that way, like, so what, if that's who he really is, like what difference does it make? Why he came out today? You know what I mean? And I think, I think people try to twist things to be like, well, he was, you know, it didn't really matter because he was only doing it for like his benefit. And it's like, well, but that's just like, that's just who he is. Like, what difference does it make? Of course. Like, why not? Like, okay, I could like release a shoe line or something like that to, to benefit me. It's just like, you understand what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where it's like, it doesn't have to be, you know, the intentions don't matter. Like if this is who he is, it's who he is. You know what I mean? And it's just funny to think about how people, I feel like back in the day felt that way. Cause you're right. Cause Michael, cause people said that about Michael Sam, like, well, he's just doing that like for attention. And it's like, well, but that's who he is. Like what, what do you want the guy to do? You know, coming out's a very interesting thing because coming out never ends really, honestly, because, um, you know, you come out to yourself originally and then, um, you come out to other people, but you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, cause, cause then again, being gay really, shouldn't matter, you know, and, and, you know, or being straight shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter, you know, being gay, straight, whatever, but people still have to come out. Um, you know, if, if they're, and I'm not just saying like, you know, making the proclamation of people that they're gay, you know, you have to do it in conversations. You know, if I'm on the phone with someone and, uh, someone asks me, you know, who I'm calling, I gotta, and if it's my boyfriend, I gotta be like, yeah, I'm talking to my boyfriend. Like, so that, that's technically me coming out. Um, and ideally I've gotten to that point where I'm doing it in casual conversations. I'm not like telling people that I'm gay. I'm just, you know, dropping hints. Like if you don't pick up the hints, then, then you're not paying attention, but, um, just in small ways or, or like if, if the conversation comes up, uh, you know, and it's like, oh, like, you know, what kind of people are you looking, you know, oh, I have, you know, someone that I think you'd be interested in. And I'd be like, oh, well do they have a beard and then they're like nope because they're a woman but nope sorry that's not the team that i play for but so yeah that's the thing is gay people always constantly have to come out um and the thing is it shouldn't matter and i think that's why you know it seems like publicity because everyone's doing it for publicity or doing it for clout or attention or whatever and in reality you know because it's not the default um people still do need to come out and I'm not doing it for attention. I'm just doing it because I'm acting like everyone else. Like if Emily were to say that she were talking to her boyfriend on the phone, no one would really think of that as attention or anything. But when it's with me, cause I'm not the default, you know, I'm, I'm constantly having to, you know, put myself in that position. And it's, so I can see why people would think of it as, as publicity purposes or attention, but in reality, you know, we're just trying to live our lives and, and we're just trying to, you know, do it as just like everyone to to clarify jeremy i would definitely be interested if emily was saying she's talking to her boyfriend because she's next on the list we already said akila although akila i don't know if he's still with that girl or not but she's oh, she, she's she's next on the list no but no but for real i mean i think it's i do think it's interesting i mean that's something that you can't like i said i mean when you're 
it, it's funny to think about. I mean, I was thinking when when uh, the NFL, you know, tweeted their thing out about, you know, it's no big deal. Like, I, I think about Hollywood and actors. And, you know, um, Matt Bomer is a guy who, White Collar is like one of my favorite shows uh, from back in the day on, yeah. on USA. I don't know if anyone, anyone ever saw it, but he had this great relationship with this woman. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I love this guy. Like, he's like, I'd never seen him before. I was like, this guy is so awesome, this and that. And like, then he was in Magic Mike and all this stuff. And then somebody was like, oh yeah, like that's like him and his boyfriend. And I was like, wait, he's gay? Like, oh, okay, well, whatever. But I just like never, it never even crossed my mind to think that he wouldn't be or would be. But it just like, I was just like, oh, all right, whatever. Like, but like, it wasn't like, look at him. He's gay. Like, here he is. Like, it was just like, here's Matt Bomer. Like, watch his stuff. You know, and I was like, oh, this guy's awesome. Like, I, you know, and like, I hope that it gets to that point eventually in the NFL where it's like, you know, all this year and probably next year, like, you know, and maybe for the next however many years. Oh, there's Colin Asim. He's the guy that came out and is gay. And it's like, I hope that we get to a point in the NFL where it's like, yeah, there are guys who are openly gay in the NFL, but it doesn't matter. Like, oh, yeah, here's this guy and that guy and this guy. Oh, I like that guy. Wait, I don't I don't care. Like 99 percent of the guys, I don't know who their girlfriends are, who they're married to. Like, I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter, you know? And so, like, I would love to get to that point eventually where we are in Hollywood, where it's like, I don't, I mean, I'm sure there are people that care about that stuff, obviously, right? But, like, but I don't care. Like, it doesn't make a difference to me, right? And so, like, I hope that we can get to that point eventually. Um, and this is obviously the first step in a, in a very, very long journey to get there, you know? Yeah, I mean, not to belabor too many points, but um, it, it yeah, it would definitely be nice when it if we if society accepted the fact that um, a sport is not necessarily incompetent and, and like a competitive spirit is not tied to um, any sort or type of person, um, because toughness, grit, hard work, determination. Those are not exclusively heterosexual or masculine like qualities. Um, we've already, you know, come around to accept the fact that there are plenty of out female athletes in multiple sports across, like around the world. Um, and so it doesn't seem weird to pe for people to, to, to put those two things together, but it's because a lot of the things that go into being an elite athlete, people associate with masculinity and with like being macho and tough and all those things. And then the unfortunate assumption of every single person um, of like a gay man is that those are not true for them as well. Um, so as much as we can try to, it's obviously important to be in, you know, to embrace um, Carl Nassib and, and, you know, hope that this is just kind of a ripple effect of inclusivity of, regarding sexual orientation in the NFL. Um, it's also about challenging the narrative of what type of person makes a good athlete across the board. Um, and because the NFL has that reputation more so than probably hockey is up there too, but really football, like almost more so than, than really any other sport. Um, it's, it's paramount that we start challenging that notion because those are not 
masculine characteristics. They are what make a competitive, they are what make a competitive person. They're what, they're, they're what make a successful athlete. Um, but they are by no means um, exclusive to heterosexual men um, or exclusively to, to gay women because people seem to not have that problem or seem to like, I, I feel like there's, well, we could dive into a whole separate conversation around like sexual orientation and, and the, the WNBA and other things later. But those are like, that's why it's, it's not been weird in one place, but it was going to be weird in another um, and so the more that we can challenge that narrative, this isn't just about like breaking down this historic day, but the more that we can take today to just challenge that narrative going forward, I think is what actually is, is helping um, lay down what will become the legacy of Carl Nassib and of the, the other players who came before him who were not out publicly as active players. Thanks again for tuning in today. We appreciate it. Uh, and if you were so moved by uh, by the conversation and by what happened uh, with Carl, uh, we encourage you to donate to the Trevor Foundation or any other foundations uh, or charities um, that support the uh, LGBTQ plus community. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.